It's 6 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Uh, This is Transmit Show number 8. Here we go. Welcome to another uh, exciting edition of Transmit. This is your host, Gummo. And uh, on the phone line tonight, we have uh, a new addition to the show. His, uh, we're, we're just going to use him by his old uh, pseudonym or pseudonym or whatever name you want to say it. But uh, he, he, used to, uh, he used to go by the name Ice. And so I, I've, asked, uh, I've asked my friend Ice to join me here on the show for the next uh, few episodes to kind of... Uh, Get, share some of his expertise and uh, his views on uh, what what's going on in the uh, hacker world. So, uh, hey, uh, Ice, can you hear me? Uh, okay, or I can hear what's you. going on? Okay, I can great. Hear you over and out. Over oh, and out. Great. <laughs> well, Thank good, you for man. having me on the show. Thank you for having me on the show, Gamal. Appreciate it. Hey, no problem, man. And uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna circle back to. Uh, I really appreciate you jumping in here and uh, help, helping out with uh, getting this thing off the ground and uh, making some people some, uh, smile here and there and everywhere. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we're, we're going to get back to some of that stuff in a bit. Um, and I just wanted to say uh, thanks a lot to everybody for uh, your support, your your comments, your feedback. It's been really great. And Again, I, I really can't thank you enough uh, for all uh, of the great feedback that's uh, been coming my way. Uh, you know, it's this is still kind of new what we're doing here. Uh, it's this isn't uh, anything that we are uh, professionals at. We are all uh, we all have a an, our day job, and we uh, we we're we're still figuring this thing out as we go along so thanks a, a lot for bearing with us and uh getting this thing going in the right direction i was told by a lot of people last week uh that i should chill out with the us and uh trust me i'm taking your advice 
uh, no, I'm just kidding. So I'm going to work on my us and, uh, you know, as you can tell, it's not working out too well, but, uh, we'll, we'll still try to get that figured out or rolled into the, the show. Lots of interesting things going around as usual. Uh, I was just uh, in Atlanta for a couple days at the Hacker Halted event and I'll circle back to that in a bit. It's good to be back in Chicago. The weather's good this time of year. Sunset's a little early, but uh, the the air is nice and cool. The traffic, uh, as always, is uh, very demeaning. Uh, getting involved with, so I'm 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 sort of I'm sort of envious to some of my listeners out there that live in a nice warm climate. Not to uh, say that. Chicago doesn't have great weather, which it does, but I'm sort of a, you know, warmer climate kind of guy. But lots of things been going on. Uh, Seriously, there have been a lot of things going on this past week. And some things are are, are sort of weird. Some things are sort of scary. Uh, One of the things that were kind of weird, uh, I'm I'm going to sort of speak out of uh, band here, but uh, I just, I was able to actually receive an update just a moment, about an hour ago to my little tablet. And I was I was quite surprised to see that Samsung had pushed out an update for uh, some recent exploits and vulnerabilities in the Android operating system. I was really glad to see that. So kudos to Samsung for pushing out updates to their products. Maybe not as quickly as we want, but nevertheless, it's coming our way. And I was very happy to uh, see that come to my device without any effort whatsoever. That makes me feel good. So... I, a lot of weirdness going on, you know, the, um, the thing, the thing that kind of, and, and listen, there, there, the, the whole thing behind this show is basically we just sit down, we talk about what's going on from a hacker's perspective, how things look, um, and how I would probably react. Uh, if, if, if you're not familiar with who I am, uh, I'm, I'm a former black hat hacker, that uh, finally wised up, got a little older, and got a job. And so now here I am doing uh, a radio show trying to tell others uh, the of the great rewards, perils, and everything in between of being a hacker. So hopefully my little bit of information goes a long way, or maybe a little bit of information goes a little way. Who knows? But... I feel that I I feel pretty uh, good that I'm able to share some of the information that I've learned along the many years traveling this road and sharing it with you, whether or not you are a uh, young hacker or an older, experienced hacker. It's still uh, I still feel rather privileged bringing what I know to you, and and certainly what you know to us as well. So, uh, someone has been cutting fiber optic cables uh, in the Bay Area. Uh, Recent reports say that the FBI is investigating the severing of a cluster of high-capacity fiber optic cables in the Bay Area that disrupted phone and cable services and slowed Internet access to customers in Northern California. Uh, You know, the reports go on to say that uh, these vandals uh, are are pretty much... uh, consistently 
uh, trying to attack some cables in the Bay Area, whether or not anyone or uh, that being the federal government or whoever, uh, whether or not uh, it, it, there's any identification on who is actually doing this uh, has come to light. Uh, it certainly hasn't been reported, but uh, the, supposedly the FBI is investigating uh, who exactly is doing this uh, sort of vandalism to uh, the network cables, uh, you know, it, it could, it could be anybody it really could hell, you know, uh, pe people get, people get, uh, kind of, uh, bent over them cable bills. So, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe they're pissed off that they got a high bill. Who knows? Uh, so that's, that's kind of what's been going on out there in San Francisco. Uh, there seems to be someone cutting the fiber optic cables. I don't know what really it's disrupting, uh, you know, it could be, I, I really don't know why someone would do something like that. Yeah. So, uh, I don't, I really don't get that. Why, why, why in hell, why would someone do something like that? I don't know, but uh, it's, it's really kind of weird. Uh, but the FBI is investigating nevertheless, and they're checking out just exactly what in the fuck is going on with that i mean again i don't know why someone would cut fiber optic cables for what whatever reason but that's going on that's uh why you're not really getting a fast internet in the bay area uh this past week but um do do know that the authorities are working uh diligently uh in that regard so uh, you know, we, we've got uh, some other things going on around, uh, and it's, it's, really, it's really starting to uh, affect some economies in a lot of ways. And one of the things that has been going on lately um, has been some, some, real, some real kind of uh, jiffy sort of uh, DDoS sort of uh, th threats, a lot – Basically, there's a couple uh, Asian uh, cyber criminals out there that uh, you know they're they're just uh, they're 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 going after companies and banks and they're trying to extort money from these companies and banks uh, and they're telling they're basically saying, listen, you know, we'll go after your entire infrastructure, we'll DDoS your bank's domain name. If you don't don't pay up a ransom, and unfortunately, what's going on in it, what what the real deal is, is uh, you know that these companies are paying these ransoms because if a domain name is DDoSed, your apps are or if every your if your mobile apps and your your uh, all of your banking infrastructure or even partial portions of your banking infrastructure rely on a domain name. Uh, you're, you're sort of at the mercy of whoever's making those ransoms. Whether or not that's a good uh, long-term financial business strategy for these particular gangs uh, is one thing. Uh, you know, hopefully we, we will be able to uh, find out how to mitigate these sort of issues. But it's going on a lot, and uh, there's there's recent reports that uh, hackers have 
now, if you know me by now, you know sort of where I'm coming from when I say hackers, because I'm just really, you know, I'm not going to sit here and advocate where the word hacker came from every week and and what the origins of hacker mean, Uh, you know, but uh, sadly, the the word hacker has been taken out of context in many uh, unfamiliar and and unglamorous ways. And so... uh, if you are a you know diehard hacker who goes by some sort of lives by some sort of creed uh just know that when i say hackers i'm just sometimes quoting the mainstream media or the media that i see coming to me but uh supposedly hackers are threatening some banks in hong kong and the they're basically threatening these banks with some some weird ass form of ddos denial of service threat to their domain names and they're they're basically they're saying hey if you guys don't pay up our ransom and bitcoin we will ddos the hell out of you so these banks are uh banks are paying you know again these banks are paying these ransoms uh these not only banks but uh high value businesses uh which are being targeted and exploited in that that regard so uh, you know, if, if you're behind one of these businesses, if you, if you're trying to get an idea on how to protect the infrastructure, you should not use a domain name within any of your mobile applications. Uh, you should actually use something as obscure as possible that's related to your company's infrastructure. That way you are able to protect against that sort of attack. Uh, and if you're running with those sort of systems now, yeah, you'd probably want to wise up and get all of that shit removed out of your infrastructure and uh, not be held uh, via ransom by a, a group of uh, cyber thugs trying to interrupt your business uh, goals. So, uh, you know, Linus Torvalds, uh, the, the guy who invented Linux... I think he once said that when Microsoft uses his operating system, he has won. Well, recently, reports say that Microsoft developed its own version of Linux. Specifically, or so it said, that uh, this version of Linux that Microsoft got off the ground uh, is for their new Azure systems. Uh, basically Azure is basically servers holding shit in the cloud. Uh, and so that's basically, uh, the, the, the service basically needs some sort of, uh, advanced routing mechanism or opportunity. And Linux seemed to be the most robust choice in this particular incident. And so now Microsoft has taken a version of Linux and they're using it using it on some of their Azure systems, which you know, Microsoft really has gotten their shit together recently. And uh, you know, I'm I'm not tooting their horn or anything, but you know, I've watched you know at, over the years I've watched Microsoft you know uh, hit some you know extreme peaks and some extreme valleys, and so uh, I, I see Microsoft on on, on the verge of coming back uh, pretty strong with some of their uh, new ideas and innovations and Azure is just one of them. And now listen, I'm not trying to push an Azure commercial over to, to you or anything, but it's, it's, uh, some pretty awesome shit. Uh, I've actually been working with some Azure, uh, related stuff lately and it's really some amazing stuff. So, um, 
you know, with HoloLens around the corner and, and Windows 10 uh, seemingly becoming a success, I think Microsoft is really uh, beginning to understand who they are in this 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 day and age and starting to uh, come back uh, with some ideas and, and great innovation. Uh, it, you know, again, uh, I wanted to jump back for a minute and talk about Hacker Halted. Uh, it was... It was uh, it was pretty okay. Uh, it w- I, I guess I was expecting more. Uh, you know, st- we, we you know we flew down uh, last Thursday. Uh, we stayed down at the uh, Regents Hotel. Uh, the hospitality was amazing. Unfortunately, I did not get a chance to uh, get any Krispy Kreme donuts, which I so wanted. But uh, yeah, so uh, I I couldn't get any Krispy Kremes. Uh, and I really didn't get that much sleep while I was in Atlanta. I, it was just, uh, one of those, I don't sleep well when I'm not, uh, at home. So it was hacker halted. It was okay. You know, it wasn't really, you know, like fucking amazing or anything, but it was pretty good. Nice job put on by the folks at hacker halted. Nevertheless, uh, it was, it seemed to be a, a really, really interesting, uh, conference. I uh, sat in on a few talks, uh, met a few people, shook a few hands, but, uh, I really didn't, I really didn't want to walk around and look like a uh, conference dork. So I sort of ducked in and out here and there. Um, by the way, the BLTs at the same Regis are amazing. Uh, well, I, you know, veggie BLTs. Okay. So, uh, you know, moving along in the in the weird week in the weird weird what is it the weird week of weirdness. Yeah, that's what I think I'll call it. That's a tongue twister. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, it it's just getting weirder by the minute. And so I, you know, I I try to do, I try to put together ideas for this this little uh, show every every week. Uh, if 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 I'm tweeting about it, I'm pretty much going to talk about it on the show. And so, um, I don't remember what day it was. It was Wednesday or Thursday, but I, uh, I was doing my morning exercises and I was reading the news. And so I, I, I st- you know, I stopped, I stopped running. And when I read, uh, an article, uh, from the fine folks over at WK, KYT in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, supposedly, uh, according to the fine folks over at WKYT, a Lexington man was accused of breaking into a Lexington gym Monday. Managers said one of the ways they identified him was through Facebook. According to the arrest citation, a Russell Sipe walked into the Workout 24 gymnasium off Maple Leaf Drive back in March. Uh, Eric, it goes on to say Eric Cowden says it's less of a break-in and more like a, a man accessing part of the building he wasn't supposed to be in. Uh, so basically, long story short, this, this gentleman uh, got into a gym, uh, broke into a gym, supposedly accused of breaking into a gym, logged onto Facebook, hung out on Facebook during the, uh, his tenure inside of the building, and forgot to log out of Facebook and was subsequently apprehended in due part to his not logging out of Facebook after breaking into a gym. 
you know, if it, 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 folks, if if you decide to go down the, the I don't know, if you really decide to go down the career path of being a professional burglar, remember that you should bring your own device with you if you decide to log on to Facebook or to take a social media break. I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. In uh, other other related news, the Wall Street Journal uh, says that traders' phones are becoming a surveillance zone. It says uh, at large banks, regulatory requirements, and new technology change how conversations are conducted. Uh, and uh, let's see, the, the, they go on to say Wall Street has a message for its traders. Uh, watch what you say. Uh, Years ago, they, they, you know, this, this, uh, this is by uh, Emily Glazer at the Wall Street Journal. Uh, she goes to say uh, that years ago, many traders learned to be uh, circumspect about what they wrote in emails, text, and electronic chat rooms. But the phone, until recently, was a bit of a haven, uh, a place to build rapport and negotiate details of trades. Um, but she goes on to say, now technology and regulatory requirements are making the phone a zone of total surveillance as well with conversations constantly recorded and sometimes automatically transcribed for examination. Some bank executives and traders said that they have toned down humor or shortened conversations on the phone while others are increasingly using electronic trading venues that don't require as much chat. Meanwhile, meeting in person has increased in importance because that one of the few means of communications that cannot be recorded and, and transcribed is still a face-to-face meeting. Ice, what do you think about that? I mean, you know a little bit about the financial uh, game and, and what, what's going on over there. I mean, is, is this really the deal? I mean, is, there, is this something new or is this some shit that's just been going on and, and uh, the journal's just rehashing some old shit? What's going on there? Well, it seems like they're trying to, t- it sounds to me like you're, they're tightening up a little bit more on it. Uh, uh, years ago, I think uh, I started on the trading floor in '98, and on the trading floor then, you weren't even allowed to have cell phones out. You could have them in your pocket, but you weren't allowed to use them on the trading floor. You could get a fine for that, uh, written up, or even thrown off the floor after so many offenses. So, uh, and then years after the fact, when uh, the technology started to grow there and things started to move off the floor onto the screens, uh, you were able to use cell phones. Uh, a little bit more, and then uh, uh, sometimes you would connect with uh, individuals from your firm off the floor, and you could use your personal cell phones. Also, the uh, the CME or the Board of Trade, uh, uh, the companies that I work for, they provided phones as well for uh, for uh, on the trading floor. Um, but in recent times, uh, Sprint was the carrier, uh, the sole carrier for any phones on the CME trading floor. I don't know if that's changed. So you can imagine you have one carrier and you have all these traders using Sprint because you couldn't use any other phones. It wouldn't work. You'd have bad connections. And, and these guys are pretty frantic uh, at certain times. So if you are if you can't rely on your your connection for your cell phone, you're going to wig out and you're going to be like, I can't do this, you know, because there's too much risk. Um, so, it's Sprint, so being that, let's say, for instance, they're all using Sprint, 
now Sprint has full control over what's being said. So if they do need to go back and check uh, a conversation uh, in, in regards to something going wrong or somebody was sabotaging or there was something illegal going on, they would have access to that information. And then on the trading oh, wow. floor itself, there's and on the trading floor itself, there's mics, there's cameras. Uh, oh, wow. So everything's wow. yeah, everything's being recorded on the trading floor. When you come off the trading floor uh, and you go into certain selected offices, um, there's still cameras in these offices. But yeah, then it, it becomes a little bit more difficult to gauge what is being said behind closed doors. Um, so where I think this individual is saying is that's the next step. Um, it, for instance, if you're working for a brokerage trading company. Basically, they'll either supply you a cell phone for work, which a lot of you know uh, uh, retail banks do. You know, if you're working for a retail bank, they most likely will give you a computer and a cell phone, uh, and they'll have control over that to see what's going on. So maybe what they'll do is they'll uh, they'll assign you a cell phone, or they'll get your phone number, and they'll start. You know, so it, it, I I see where he's going with the conversation. Yeah. I think that maybe it sounds like the they they want to tighten up even more. Uh, because yeah. now the technology is no longer uh, exclusively in one area. It's all over the place. Um, so it's just a, a, a better way to keep a, a tight rope on everyone. So it makes, wow. that probably makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Well, the, yeah, and, you know, one of, it's, it's my understanding, too. And, you know, I've, I've, I've dabbled uh, in the, in, in the uh, financial markets as well and uh, continue to work with some clients and, and, and those areas and one of the one of the things that I, I keep hearing uh, from the old the old um, I don't know there, there's there's two sorts of, of, of traders you have the old traders where they would you know all of the hand signals and all of that weird stuff that you you see uh, on television and then you have some of the new stuff which uh, is the which is called high frequency algorithmic trading and that that uh, that's sort of like the new style to the old guard uh, you know the the technology behind the the high frequency algorithmic trading is is second for from my understanding it, it's really uh, it, it eliminates the human aspect of that can you can you kind of can you it does. Of, it's, you know, it's, it's like it's like flying an airplane and putting it on autopilot. Okay. Right. So right. you know, and and there's plus and, and minuses to that, right? I, you know, you set up the parameters of that computer trade. You know, when you put these these high frequency trades on, or you're using algorithms, you're basically a DJ sitting behind the computer, and and you're setting up. Uh, your risk reward depending on any situation that you're looking at you know if you're looking at gold metals if you're looking at oil and, and things that counter oil or you're looking at the dollar and and so you're you're offsetting all kinds of different risk engaging and basically you, you put your trades out there and you let the computer do everything for you um, and it's that's great I guess you know you, you, you do you have to do less of the stalking uh, the computer does the stocking for you. Um, the, that's crazy. The whole, yeah, the old way, the old way of trading, you know, if that, that's completely, that's almost gone entirely. Uh, you so that's have, all just theatrics? Is is that what we're looking at, just theatrics now? Or, I mean, 
What's with the dudes with all the hand signals and all that crazy shit? What's what's up with that? They refer to they refer to that as open outcry, um, or uh, and that's uh, the 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 action is the arbitrage. You're using your hand signals to react or interact with customers, traders, and brokers. Um, that aspect oh, okay. is uh, of the world is coming to an end. You know, slowly but surely. Uh, you know, they, they just closed all the future pits in Chicago, uh, I believe, on July 2nd there. So those pits wow. are completely shut. They're completely shut down. The option pits are still open, though, and they're still doing business. Um, you know, I, I don't – they might be doing maybe 20% of, of the actual business that's out there, which is still right. a pretty de- – still a decent number. Um, so they're using the outcry, you know, you, you're the hand signals. And stuff. Okay. The I think yeah I think the point you're trying to make is is the difference between you know these guys that were on the floor that had everything everything was coming in they could see everything they could react to it now right. you don't you don't have that ability anymore to to do that now everything's on a computer you got to get used to a completely different setting and you need to become a hacker every every guy who trades on a computer nowadays needs to get suck as much information off the internet as they possibly can to defend you know their their money, so uh, it's a different, completely different breed now, entirely. I always thought that uh, it was like the movie Trading Places, and I was so fascinated with that as a as a youngster growing up. I'm like, man, that that looks pretty cool. But the reality of it uh, is when I was able to meet some interesting people in the the financial markets, uh, including yourself. Yeah, I, I was just like, damn, it's it's nothing like that at all. No, it's dead. It, it, it's that's gone. It's a dying art. Um, unfortunately, uh, it was neat to see, though, uh, especially you know uh, during wicked times where where there was a a, a, a lot of volatility. Um, right. You know, I hate I hate to say it out loud. You know, a great example of of that would be you know the September 11th. I'm sorry, September 11th. The the uh, the attacks, the towers, and and uh, uh, the 9/11 uh, tragedy, you know, years ago. That, I mean, the the trading floors had never seen anything like that before, and the traders themselves in the pits didn't know exactly what to do or how to react to things like that. And it was just unbelievably wild, you know. And and for me, that that would be like the 60s, 70s, and 80s, you know, where it was just crazy from start to finish. I mean. For though for that year it was just crazy. You'd walk in, your vo- you'd lose your voice before the bell rang, and then you're <laughs> sitting there, you know, trying to fight that throughout the day. And most yeah. of your job is yelling and screaming, and you don't even have a voice anymore, and you're already oh sweating. I mean, it, it was it, it was it was it's unreal. Um, so wow. you know that was fan- that was fantastic. But yeah, it, it's no longer but, like so. September the eleventh. I mean, was it really? I mean, what happened? I mean, was did everybody just stop what they were doing and look look like with a gaze at at the monitors and like you know like what the fuck is going on? I mean, how did were you there during that on that morning or what? Yeah, I was actually. I was there. Yeah. Uh, I, in fact, I was. In the futures end, which is probably the most hostile uh, end of the spectrum you want to be in, and, you know. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with trading, you know, options and futures, but futures are the first thing that moves a market generally, and then the options will react to the future. So uh, you're you're in the you're you're basically on the front lines, you know. And as soon as we got in, the one tower was already on fire. So 
Uh, we have big, you know, TVs. We have big TV screens already, you know, up. And I, I think I might have been maybe, you know, 20 years old, 21 years old at the time. So I'm young, and yeah. and I'm like, and I'm sitting there going, what in the world? How could you? How could somebody run into the? You know, no one knew what was going on. No one had any idea really what was going on. And then yeah. uh, when the set, when the second one hit, the whole floor just went in an uproar. They're like, whoa! And and next thing you know, the the markets. Where it was like one big tidal wave. They flew up 50, 60 ticks. They dropped 40 ticks. I mean, on average, we're having anywhere from five to 15 tick movements throughout the day. That's a decent day, 20 ticks, right. you know. And this, we just moved 100 ticks within, you know, a minute. So, oh, so you know, you, you know, and there's people out. I mean, it, let's let's say, for instance, you're a guy who likes to come in early, and you're, you're on you're on point. You're taking care of business, and and then you, you you do the opening bell, and then you walk off for a coffee, right? Because you're like, yeah. okay, I got everything under control. You come back, and you might have lost your house, your car, and your wife's probably walking out the store. <laughs> wow, man! Wow. So crazy. it was it's it's it was pretty wicked stuff um, to be a part of wow. that uh, of that of that world, and and like I said, that that. I would say we, we started to lose that probably with right around the 2000, right when the, the CME went public and they merged with the Board of Trade there, uh, and that's say around like 2008 or something like that, it, it started to ease up and future the future side of business was starting to, you know, it was desolate. There might have been like five traders as opposed to, you know, 30, 40, 50 traders in there uh, on, uh, on any given day. So, you know, it's been... It's been slowly dying out here, and like I said, the last things to go are going to be the option pits, um, and I think they're they're a few years away here. Wow, and that's very interesting. I can't even imagine. You know, I remember where I was on on, on September eleventh, and uh, it, it was I was at the post office that morning, and it was uh, it was quite an interesting morning. Uh, I had just dropped my uh, kids off at school. And I, I just I, uh, had a few errands to run and, and made it to the post office. And when when I I got to the post office and came out, uh, I could hear that information on the radio. You know, uh, this is you know the tower has been hit and all of that. And and you know, it, it, I, I was like anybody else back then. You know, I I had a nice little job uh, and I was also. I uh, had a nice little dot com uh, running out of a little PO box, and so I, I noticed that that uh, it almost immediately after those events of that that day that uh, my little dot com dried up and that business just went away, and I I realized this I'd realized the impact of the damage and what was about to happen uh, from. Uh, an American's point of view, but I was also still sort of in disbelief because I had never, I, I, you know, I, I would have never imagined anything that tragic happening. So dude, uh, I, that's some crazy insight into some of the financial markets, man. I, I just, uh, I, I that's, uh, that's, that is crazy. I mean, so down now did everything just shut down after that or did, I mean, did you guys go home, or what? What happened that? What happened that morning? No, I mean, okay, so you're, you know, you're in, let's say, around the, the second tower. I, I don't want to confirm times. So, you know, the second tower, uh, after the second tower was hit, I think 
then the plane then they started to figure out planes may be hijacked elsewhere and then you know they had the issue uh, with the Pentagon and as soon as the the Pentagon was hit that's when they uh, uh, were shutting us down um, afterwards I think we were I, but you got to remember that we're in connection with the towers because there's a lot of financial uh, business in the towers yeah. at the time. So there's people yeah. on with these <laughs> individuals during the time. Yeah. So I mean, it's it, and you got and you you know I've got I've got a young lady who's working for me at the time. You know she's got to be just fresh out of college and she's just checking trades. You know she she doesn't do anything amazing, but she's there. She's working. You know we, you know she's interacting. And a lot of these kids are crying. They're 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 freaking out. They're just running away. They're running off the trading floor wow. and they're going home um, because they're they're worried. They're scared, you know. And, and yeah. you know when we're so busy, you know, we're we're making money here. So the last yeah, thing in my mind is is I don't I don't want to go home. I want to I'll stay right here. But but <laughs> but uh, you know when yeah, it started to get when it starts getting real, it, it, you know, after the after the Pentagon, you start to think, man, this is uh, a little bit of an issue. Um, yeah. So, it it, it was, it, you know, to be a part of that as a young, you know, as a young man was just uh, amazing. You know, it's unfortunate, but it was an, you know, it's something that you know we, we won't see that same thing ever again. You'll you'll never be a part of that experience again. These floors won't be open. Everyone will be, you know, if this was to happen, everyone will experience in their own little cubicle on their own little computer screen. So the reaction right. won't be as is significant um, and that's the difference between the old school and the new school you know you're an old school guy you're sitting in a pit you can react because you see everybody else reacting at the time so you can defend or you can go on the offense now if right. today's market you're sitting in a computer right you're sitting in a cubicle maybe you got some music going you got the iTunes going you got your you got your 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 DJ mic set up and you got everything you got all your your number you know you got all your numbers tapped yeah. in you're just letting the yeah. computer do all the work for you. You're checking emails, and next thing you know, something happens, and you don't, you can't physically feel the interaction to the to the outside world. You, it will take you know a certain amount of time for it to react to your computer. Your trade might right. you know it might it might set trades off, and, and and then next thing you know, you're involved. But at that point, you're almost it's almost too late, you know. Um, right. So th th there's the, there's the advantages and disadvantages, I guess. To the to the market wow. today and and what it was before. So, wow, wow, that's interesting. That's some powerful stuff, man. And and, and considering the fact that these systems nowadays are highly susceptible to many vectors of attack, makes that even more and more, uh, you know, scary to think about. But, uh, dude, very interesting insights. Uh, tell you what, man. Uh, why don't you take a breather? Let me let me uh, chat about what's going on with the. Uh, head guy over at uh mi5 in the uk because he's up to some weird weird things uh basically he's uh he's in the media these days uh he and he's talking about uh the manufacturers of uh, technology uh, and, and software designers manuf uh, developers and whatnot everybody's starting to shift towards use of uh encryption and encrypted hardware on on their devices and hard, uh, and it, so the you know the 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 leader of the uh, MI5 uh 
you know, in the UK, he, he's not really happy about it at all. So he's taken to the BBC and, and most of the uh, European select outlets of their choosing. And he's he's bitching and crying about that. But, uh, you know, these 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 there, there's there's a level of sophistication that, yes, that uh, these your your local uh, fast friendly spy agencies are unable to defeat. And so now that people <clears throat> The, the 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 technology has always been there to encrypt and keep prying eyes off of your data. It, it's just always been there. It's never gone anywhere. It's just always been there. What what this guy is bitching about is the fact that people are you know after the whole Ashley Madison hack, after the, the you know seeing Target getting uh, you know ganked for zillions of dollars. All of these companies and manufacturers and software entities and, and everything in between, now that uh, all of the information being reported on these major breaches are uh, that, you know, such and such was not encrypted, only if such and such was encrypted. Well, now people people are actually taking heed to that information. You know, they, the companies, developers, and, every, and everybody, middleware, endware, everybody knows the effectiveness of encryption and so now that that's becoming more prevalent well you know the nsa and mf5 mi6 and all of these weird ass uh, security agencies and and third party you know private entities and and i've met a couple of these clowns from uh these these washington think tank places uh i actually went and had lunch with one one time, and uh, it, you know, these guys get billion dollars. That's with a B, a bi- you know, billions of dollars worth of government contracts. And seriously, they don't do shit with the money. They just sit around uh, and boast about how much they got uh, from their recent uh, government contract. So these guys, n- nevertheless, are scumbags, uh, in my opinion, and I, I have nothing for them. So. You know, if you're developing something, if you're if you're creating something, if you're storing data, if you work for a company, whatever, and if you have the authority and and the means and to encrypt something that you're in part of, if you if if you in your role in everyday life, if you require a le- a level of security and and uh, safety in what you do, then yes, you should uh, consider using. Uh, encryption at every means and uh, opportunity that uh, affords you. If not, you should you should really be questioning why you are not encrypting something. So, your your spy agencies don't like that. MI five doesn't like that. NSA certainly doesn't like it. CIA, FBI, all of the alphabet soups. They're not really into you using encryption. However, you should use encryption as most as much as possible. Uh, because it protects who the fuck you are and what you want to do and, and, and how you want to get your message across. Uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people sort of disagree with my uh, you know, look on things, but, you know, if, if you use the Internet, you have to realize that everything that you do on the Internet should be seen from a public perspective. If you're not, if you're not looking at your use in that regard, then you can only assume that what you are doing is not uh, not safe, not secure, not uh, who you are and, and what you are all about. And I mean, 
and again, I don't know if I've ever brought this up or not, but you know, one, and I learned this from, um, gentleman in New York, who's a private investigator. Uh, I can't, I can't remember your name. Uh, but honestly, uh, he, he came up with the most, you know, he, he, he told, he was giving a talk one day and he's like, Hey, you know, the, the, the company that you le- think the least who has the most amount of information on you is just a phone call away. So I was interested in that, you know, I'm like, well, who the fuck, is, you know, who, who the hell that would know that much about me and where I am and what, what I like to eat and, and shit. And so he's just like, when's the last time you ordered Domino's? I was like, Oh shit. So, <laughs> like, I'm like, what the fuck, Domino's, man? He's like, yeah, uh, but that's a whole nother story, man. You know, folks. Well, we know you like Krispy Kreme, though, so. Yeah, man, I love Krispy Kreme. And uh, <laughs> I got to get me some. But, uh, you know, it's crazy. It's it's fucking crazy. I, I can't, uh, you know, I the, now that it, people are using encryption, you know, you've got your, your alphabet soups, and they are, they're kind of pissed off about it. But, you know, if... You know, if the if the people at the alphabets, I call them the alphabet soups. I don't know what the fuck anybody else would call them, but you know, if the if the if the folks at the alphabet soups were really doing some really good shit, you know, you would have some, you know, isotope level quantum mechanic shit that encryption you wouldn't even be bitching about. But no, you're giving all of that money to subcontractors who sit there and brag about how much they got from your grant or 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 how much they were able to scam from from you so that's what's happened to you, happening to you guys at the alphabet soups is that you're kind of getting you're get you're kind of getting conned by people claiming to run security companies and uh really if you guys just did your job you wouldn't have to lose so many zillions of dollars but that's a whole nother story it's a whole nother episode that's a whole nother time so hey ice i was checking it out man uh, uh you know, uh, the past few days, uh, things have been kind of weird. And I was checking out this uh, flick on, I rarely watch television. But when I do, uh, you know, I guess I sound like that uh, guy from the beer commercial, you know. Um, but uh, when I do, I watch, you know, I watch television. And so I sat down uh, and watched a little bit of a movie on Netflix. It was um, it, it was about this one guy uh who who's goes by the name of Rick Ross. And so now, you know, I'm like, what the, you know, what is this shit, you know, on my, on my, when I logged in on Netflix, it's like, you know, it was this thing about Rick Ross. The only thing I knew about this guy named Rick Ross was that he was a rapper, you know, some fat rapper dude and, you know, bragging about, you know, drug deals and his hoes and bitches and all that. But, uh, this was another take. This was a documentary that I checked out, uh, and this was about the the real uh, the guy who's really the uh, the real deal. The real Rick Ross is what he calls himself because, uh, unfortunately, uh, well, I get, I'll start backwards here. But unfortunately, the real Rick Ross uh, just lost a ten or lost a ten million dollar. Uh, defamation suit or libel suit or whatever uh, fair use name suit or whatever against a dude who is a rapper who goes by the name Rick Ross and so uh, that's the name you see and so there was a little there's there's a little confusion but uh, this little documentary on Netflix sort of cleared it up for me so I was bored I figured I'd spend an hour and 20 minutes and 
and see what this was all about and why it's the main thing when I see when I log into my Netflix account. So I was kind of checking it out and and I, I sort of was drawn into it. And it basically, it's uh, the real Rick Ross is actually a, a guy who was responsible for bringing cocaine into the Los Angeles area in the 80s. Uh, and therefore, the the proceeds from that cocaine was funded, uh, directed back through the CIA to fund the uh, Contra Nicaraguan uh, affair back then in the eighties. So, uh, you know, a very very interesting portrayal of uh, just where the the money was come, where the product was coming from, and where the money was actually going. And so, uh, this one guy, uh, Rick Ross, was. Basically, um, you know, the 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 man, uh, the 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 man that was uh, bringing all of this uh, cocaine into the uh, United States and just, you know, it it was it was a fascinating look at what really got the epidemic off the ground. Now, there was uh, a lot of the the documentary, the documentary was quite uh, quite compelling. Uh, there, there was, uh, there was a lot of intrigue, um, suspense, uh, plausible deniability and so forth, uh, within the documentary. And basically, uh, whether or not that's true or not, uh, you know, I, I take, I kind of take a neutral stance on that because, you know, first of all, I was just a teenager in the eighties and I really didn't understand what the hell any of that was, you know, I was, I, you know, I didn't watch the news as a t- kid, but I remember that. And so it was a fascinating uh, travel back through time, seeing seeing exactly, uh, you know, who this Rick Ross person is. And, and it's kind of uh, the guy, you know, the guy really uh, turned his life around, uh, learned how to read in prison, uh, straightened his life up. And he got out of prison the first time and, and he was, uh, it looked like he was set up. Uh, and, and many people can say many people set him up, but uh, he was set up and then went back to prison and then was able to get out of prison again. So this this guy has been through a lot. I mean, he's, he has spent more than 20 years of his life in prison, and he, uh, he has overcome great odds. And now, you know, of course, uh, you have an, an, an entertainer who uses his likeness uh, and his name uh, for... Uh, the enrichment of his career. And so I, I, it was interesting to see that, that, that specific view. I, I, I'm really not into hip hop. I was when I was a kid, but, um, I'm not really into hip hop that much. And, and so, uh, you know, you, you, you do hear these names once in a while on the radio dial. And this was a name that caught my, my ear. And I was, I was, I was interested. I was like, Oh wow. So, that's who that is, you know, and that's what he was up to. So, uh, an interesting, an interesting look on, uh, on the, on, uh, the whole Rick Ross thing and, and who the real deal is. And so, uh, you know, if, if the story is true, uh, that the man has certainly deserves, uh, he's, he certainly has paid his price to society and deserves, uh, the meaningful use of his name nevertheless. So, uh, you know, I did a little research after after I watched the documentary and found out who the entertainer was, and and uh, you know, it it was it was interesting. So, 
it's on Netflix if you want to check it out. Uh, and I'm sure it's it's people are tweeting about it online. Hey, you know what? On top of it, he's referred to as Freeway Rick Ross. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Free, yeah, Freeway. Uh, free, free, freeway. Freeway Rick Ross. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> you know, man. Yeah, it's you know, I. Yeah, the, I don't know what the fuck to say. It's kind of like that the whole Kardashian thing. You know, you kind of see it in your life, but you don't pay attention to it. And so these, this is one of those names that, you know, I've, I've seen it in the past, you know, some dude with gold chains. And, you know, I'm like, oh, that's a dude. But it, it completely caught me off guard, man. You know, I just uh, I, I clicked play when I logged into Netflix and it took me down a, a journey through the 80s and and uh, suspense intrigue and uh stuff that you know what you know sort of kind of makes sense like oh wow so that that's who the fuck was paying for that shit you know and uh made sense uh and again a very interesting and compelling documentary uh, there's there's uh, there was a reporter who actually seemed to have uh get taken his own life uh because of the the whole series of events very interesting. Definitely worth uh, checking out on Netflix. I, I'm I'm giving a plug for a flick on Netflix, but it it, it was it, um, it was interesting. So, who am I? What are we? My name is Gummo. This is Hackers. This is the show called Transmits. We come to you from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, we bring you news, ideas, perspective, comments, laughing. Guns, games, you name it, we've got it. And we we are uh, coming to you each week uh, with, with a little bit of, okay, with a lot of bit of sarcasm and a little bit of humor and mostly uh, facts. And so we, we certainly appreciate you checking us out. If you want to check me out, go. you've got to check me out on Twitter because that's the only place I'm at. I'm at twitter.com forward slash gummo xxx. You can also email me if you can, because you will be emailing a triple X domain name. It may not go through, so that may be a reason why you don't uh, even get a reply. But it's gummo, G-U-M-M-O, at hackers.xxx. Ice, we got to get you a uh, an email address so people can reach out to you. But for now, uh, I, I really wanted to say thank you, uh, Ice, for jumping in here and uh joining me on this show and I hope to have you back brother it's really good to hear from you and uh hopefully you're doing good uh out there in that nice warm climate I can't I'm not going to tell any the listeners where you are but I know you're in a nice warm climate and I'm I'm really fucking jealous right now but uh dude thanks for uh swinging by and hanging out with me for an hour man I really appreciate it cool man <laughs> cool man and I hope to have you back and uh yeah right and so um, I, I wanted to give a special shout out uh, to my bud Crash, man, uh, for taking care of the editing and audio and uh, the engineering for the show. Man, dude, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I just feel so blessed to have uh, myself surrounded with amazing people in my life. Uh, thank, uh, thanks again to Apple and Stone, appleandstone.com. Check those guys out. They are two wonderfully amazing artists. 
they're responsible for that badass music you hear. Appleandstone.com. Apple and Stone, guys, thanks. Uh, you, you guys are truly amazing. Ice, dude, thanks for uh, swinging by. Everybody else, thank you. Uh, thanks thanks to everybody down in uh, our southern states, our western states. And uh, we have a few new listeners, uh, believe it or not, coming to us all the way from India. Can you believe that? Uh, so that's good to hear. Thank you for your feedback. You know how to get in touch with us. This is Gummo, and we will check you out on episode nine of Transmits. And we'll bring it to you next week. Take it easy, and we'll talk to you later. <laughs>